Welcome to the Vault Podcast. Classic music reviews presented by IV Creative. Now, here's your hosts, B. Cox and the crew. Greetings and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Vault Podcast. Classic music reviews presented by IV Creative. It's a perspective of the classics from a fresh point of view. We appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective. You could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're right here with us, so we thank you. With you today is yours truly, B. Cox, and I'm riding solo once again today, but shout out to the crew as always, and shout out to all the listeners out there stateside and worldwide for continuing to support the show, loving the numbers that we're seeing, also loving the feedback that we're getting for the last few episodes that we've done. Guys, I'm promising a lot more content coming up closer towards the end of the summer that you'll see that I'm hoping that you all will like. I've been working on some things in the lab, and I hope that you all will take kindly to them. Just a reminder to continue to stop by our social media pages and also follow us and subscribe as well to the podcast and continuing to tell your friends as well. We love it, of course, when you show support and then when you tell your friends about us, too. As we like to say here on The Vault, our motto is hashtag open the vault and hashtag nothing but the classics or MBTC. And so we're going to go back today and take a look at an album that, depending on the person that you talk to, can be a very contentious topic, especially regarding the group that we're going to cover today. It's an album that when we start talking about this particular group, it's an album that will get a varied amount of reactions depending on your fanhood of the album, but then also about where hip hop was in that particular time. But knowing what we know now about the end, I think to us that what could have been possible with this album, it makes a few of us very upset and then also very sad as well. So we're going to go back 25 years ago. And we're going to go back to July 30th, 1996 to the fourth studio album of a tribe called Quest, Beats, Rhymes, and Life, released on Jive Records, recorded between 1995 and 1996 at Battery Studios in New York City with a runtime of 51 minutes and 18 seconds. Executive producers on this, the newly formed producer trio of the UMA, made up of a Tribe Called Quest members Q-Tip and Ali Shahid Muhammad, and then a young producer at that time, which many people would come to know over the next decade, James DeWitt Yancey, a.k.a. J.D., also known and popularly known as Jay Dilla, to form the UMA. The other producer on this as well, Rashad Smith, a popular member of the bad boys, puffy hitman and acclaimed producer during that time. and was very busy during this particular time period between 1995 through the late nineties. So beats rhymes in life, the fourth album following up tribe called quest, their classic third album, midnight marauders, but came on a three year hiatus after midnight marauders. And there was a lot of things going on in between those three years. And this is possibly the point of contention that I think most of us have in regards to what happened. Now, before we get into what the group was up to and what the members of the group were up to, let's sort of talk a little bit about the reception of this album. Now, this album has done well. It was actually certified platinum up until recently. It actually was the only album of Tribe Called Quest 
that went number one on the rap charts, which is amazing considering the catalog that they had leading up to this. But when you talk about the content of this album, they're going to vary. And a lot of people here will tell you certain things about this album. A lot of people thought it was really dope. Other folks thought it was dope and close to being a classic. And some people probably held it as a disappointment, which considering the run up to beats rhymes in life, what you had in the low end theory and also in midnight marauders, which to me are two of the most incredible albums in hip hop history. In my personal top 10, both of those albums are actually in my top 10 of hip hop albums. So I'm a huge, huge tribe fan. Um, I loved tribe. My sisters were big fans of tribe. So that's how I got into them. But to speak a little bit about what they were doing leading up to this album. So after midnight Marauders concluded, Fife Dog moved to Atlanta. At that time, he was really starting to get into working with some other artists, but he was also starting to explore doing things involved in sports. Now, everybody who's heard Fife's rhymes know that his rhymes are loaded with sports references and used in metaphors and similes. That's one of the things that we loved about Fife and his style. He wrote for the what was then becoming the new source sports after he moved to Atlanta. And Q-Tip, after Midnight Marauders, took a very big role in shaping some of the best rap albums of not just the 90s, but of all time. He was a producer on Illmatic, produced the track One Love. He also helped mix and engineer The Infamous by Mob Deep, which came out in 1995. So he really was in his producer chops at that particular time working with people. Ali Shaheen Muhammad had worked on D'Angelo's Brown Sugar. He helped to produce and co-produce the title track of that album. It was sort of starting to work on producing as well. Well, during that time when Fife moved to Atlanta, Q-Tip converted to Islam. You know, those who know Q-Tip and remember, you know, his name when he was uh, born was Jonathan Davis. And once he became Muslim, he changed his name to Kamal Farid and also adopted the moniker Kamal the Abstract. So <laughs> he had become Muslim, joining Ali Shaheed Muhammad, who was already Muslim. And uh, at that time, you had two thirds of the group that was Muslim. And then you had Fife, who grew up, I would assume, to be Christian in his household. So time came for the group to start working on their fourth studio album, Beats, Rhymes, and Life. Now, a lot of the time when leading up to this album, Q-Tip had linked up and found JD and started working with him. The Uma as a production trio made their debut producing tracks for the Bush Babies and their 1996 album. But this was going to be their first project of producing the lion's share of most of the tracks. Now, also adding to the equation was the appearance of guest rapper Consequence, who just so also happens to be Q-Tip's cousin. So there were a lot of things at play that were going on with the recording of this album. Now, at this point, Fife felt as though if when he was going to be in Atlanta, he thought that he could do his verses in a studio down south. But Q-Tip. Q-Tip felt as though the group needed to be in the same place recording in the studio all together just to be able to help the cohesion of the album. So Fife came up to New York. And what happened during the recording of this, if for those of you who watched the Beats, Rhymes, and Life documentary that was done by Michael Rappaport that came out in 2011, 
and then have also read so many of the stories and so many of the interviews of what happened. There were times when Fife felt as though he was sort of being left out. He said he would come to the studio and nobody would be there. And he felt as though things were being done. And he was just sort of showing up after the fact. And he said he felt at that point that the chemistry was dead. In his words, it was shot. And he felt as though the changes with Tip becoming a Muslim and Ali also being a Muslim with his cousin being there on tracks, it felt as though the chemistry was gone. Well, for those of us who have listened to the album and for those of us who really give the album a critical look, we will probably agree. So that's really the leading up into the backstory of what this album, the circumstances in which it was made, and also the tenor of the group at that particular time. So let's get into my background story on this. Now, this came out in the famed summer of 96. If you listen to the last few episodes and have been following, you know, of course, that this was a jam-packed summer for music. I had time where I was able to spend some money to be able to get a few albums that came out that summer, but some of them I couldn't actually go out and get immediately. Well, for this album, I didn't need to do that because I didn't have to buy this album. My older sister did. <laughs> she bought the album and I gladly dubbed it using one of my Memorex tapes. Yes, Memorex tapes. <laughs> and I dubbed the album and listened to it. Now, as I told you all, my sisters were big fans of Tribe. So when I tell you that I heard plenty of the Low End Theory and Midnight Marauders in my household and car rides, everywhere you can think about where you can play music at or close to home, I heard plenty of it. So I was very well aware of the capabilities of Tribe and what their music could sound like. And not only that, it had been a gap in between time when Tribe had put out an album. So this was a very, very highly anticipated album. Everyone remembers when that uh, that video for once again came out and everyone's like, oh shit, Tribe's back. And the first single was good enough that we were like, you know what? Tribe's back, y'all. We need to make sure we go out and get this album. So we went out and we got it and listened to it. Now... At 14 years old, listening to this album, I still thought it was really, really dope. And I don't know if back then I really didn't have my critical listening ears on to really be able to pick out the different intricacies about this album, like the way I would even years later, but it became more and more apparent to me when years I was listening to Low End Theory and Midnight Marauders again, then when I pop in this joint, that I was just like, oh, that's what's missing. Now, don't get me wrong. I think Beats, Rhymes, and Life is a really, really dope album. I really do. But when you have something, the quality of Low End Theory and Midnight Marauders, there was a quality on that album that existed that you don't have here on Beats, Rhymes, and Life. Now, depending on how you look at it, at Tribe at no fault of their own, or maybe even the fault of their own, we're missing that quality because what was not there was the cohesion. And it wasn't until years later that I realized that that's what was missing. And then I noticed it even further when on the last Tribe album, the love movement came out. It was like, oh, it's over. <laughs> it's really, really over. 
And for a time being, it actually was. But when listening to this, you listen to the album and there are moments when you're listening to Beats, Rhymes, and Life that you actually believe that, you know, this has the potential to be something. It really has the potential to make it, to get maybe not, if not even on the level of the previous two albums, but it has the potential to get pretty damn close. And if you're pretty damn close to those two albums, you're in pretty good territory. But no, cohesion is not there. Chemistry is everything. Chemistry helps build so much of the classic and rare quality that we get in music and art and dance and anything that you can think about that's an art form related towards music or towards the visual aspect. Chemistry and cohesion is everything, especially with a group like a tribe called Quest. And there were too many factors coming in that fucked up the cohesion. Now, the production side of it, let's not get things twisted. The Uma with Jay Dilla as an addition is definitely a bright spot on this album, which we'll get into the highlights in just a second. But when you hear the lyrics and you hear things that are being said and like the thing that draws a lot of us tribe fans into them, especially after the low end theory and into midnight marauders was the fact that you had this contrast between tip and between Fife, which gave you something that it factor that we always talk about, right? That's what tip and Fife and their contrast gave you. And then the production underneath just really enhanced everything that what they were saying out of their mouths. It was that it factor. You don't have that here on this album. You can clearly see, and especially after hearing all the interviews and watching the documentaries and knowing the stories long after now, Fife has been gone now gone almost five years. You can definitely see how, what the, the, that being at play, why this turned out the way that it did. And after listening to all that and listening to it again, like I did this past week, I was like, yep, mm -hmm, I can hear it. Even if I didn't hear it with my 14 year old ears, my late thirties ears being a fan of hip hop for so long now and listening to their best work. It's like, yep, mm -hmm, I hear it. I definitely hear it. But at that time I thought it was great, but as time went on, you definitely understand and know why this was so critical because this really, to me, was the first faltering of Tribe and when they would eventually break up even two years later. But even without all that, there's still a lot to like on this album and we're going to get into that now with our highlights and our lowlights. So 15 tracks on here. All the tracks on here produced by the Uma except for one, which is track number nine produced by Rashad Smith, which is the hop. And we'll get into the hop in just a second. But my highlights on here, as far as the tracks are concerned, um, I love to get a hold because uh, that sample on there to me is almost like vintage tribe, even though you're including Jay Dillon on this as well, but samples to visit. She was here by the circle, <sighs> those vocal samples. And then that baseline just really draws you in. The vocal sample really draws you in during the hook, the hook as well. When you get into motivators, jam, crew, and the pressure, 
to me, I think that's really a highlight on the album, in particular, Jam and that track with Consequence, Fife, and then also Q-Tip about, you know, late nights being out, times being out at night during a hot summer night out in New York. It really kind of gives you that vibe of what they were trying to do as far as like paint the scene. You really get that feeling when you listen to this track. Crew is a track is a one of the four tip solo tracks on here, but one of the most gripping ones because it talks about a really a tale of betrayal about a friend of his, like a brother to pretty much step into his wife. And then the aftermath of all of that, the pressure on here is an crazy track. When I talk about the cohesion between tip and fight, this is one of the few tracks on here where I feel like it's kind of still there. You kind of still have it all backed underneath a great, great beat. The samples of get off your ass and jam by Funkadelic. The samplings that you get from these tribe records on some of the previous albums sort of gets you that feel as well getting into once again which uh, some tribe fans don't necessarily like once again but i love once again and i actually love even tammy lucas being featured on it there is a little bit of back and forth there as well uh you it gives you some of that same feeling that you get from low end theory and also from midnight marauders the hop I kind of go back and forth between the hop and the pressure on here in regards to my favorite track. But the one track on here not produced by the Uma just might be my favorite beat is this beat the hop, which again, another great track, um, a great verse actually here by Q-Tip and also by Fife getting into keep it moving with Q-Tip touches on a lot of different topics on here, but in particular, he does actually touch on the fact that he was called out by a couple of rappers and particularly, but called out by ice cube by saying he was sick of gangster rap in some conversations and interviews. And there was a line of course that he had in keep it moving where he said, let me let y'all brothers know. I ain't no West coast disser. Another thing I'm not is no damn ass kisser. So listen to my words as I set things straight. I ain't got no beef. So don't come in my face. I mean, it couldn't be clearer right there. And we're not in the notable quotables just yet, but that's just something I wanted to make sure to uh, point out. But another great beat on there, keeping it moving, sampling road work by Howard Roberts. And then Fife gets a solo's turn on this as well, where I think for the most part, he really holds his own. But to me, the really, really questionable part of this album starts between track 12 and then track 15, which separate together what really goes on, wordplay, and then stressed out. Because to, <laughs> to me, to be quite honest, there are moments within this album that you sort of listen to and are like, all right, you know what? This is pretty damn good. This is almost on, you know, bordering on the fact that this could be almost up there. With Midnight Marauders up there with low end theories, if they keep on this mo- their momentum throughout the album, but <sighs> there's just not enough there for me between those tracks between 12, thir- 12, 13, 14, and 15. That really draws me and wants to keep me in. Trap number one, as well, Phony Rappers. It's been mentioned before that this is a weird choice to open up a tribe album, but then to also it feels kind of rushed 
Like it feels like this was the last album they did and they were trying to hurry up and finish the album up. And then they went ahead and took this and say, we'll put this as the first track on here. It really feels very, very rushed. And when you get something like that, it's just sort of like, wait, 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 <laughs> what's going on? I don't get it. What's happening? If we were to have low lights, those are the low lights right there on the album. Now, don't get me wrong. Separate together what really goes on wordplay and stressed out are not bad songs. But I think when we're talking about the what you got in particular between track two all the way through track 11, it kind of seemed like, okay, like I could see this. Like if you're a tribe fan and you know what I'm talking about, if what we had from Beats Rhymes in Life was just track two to track 11, we'd be in a pretty damn good place in regards to keeping the level of quality that we received from the other two albums right up there within the standard deviation and then looking to pretty much plug the holes to be able to see where the holes exist with the other four or five tracks on here. And to me, tracks one and then tracks 12 through 15 really don't do it. Now, I know everybody loves Stressed Out because it has faith on it, but there's no FIFO in this track. It's just Consequence and Tip going back and forth, and it's a good track for radio play, but... When you listen to a Tribe Called Quest album, and everybody know, man, Tips is an ill MC. He's an ill producer. So much of what we got from Low End Theory and from Midnight Marauders came from basically the conceptualization of Tip and his producer mind. But what we really, most of us Tribe fans love is we want to hear Fife at his best. We want to hear Tip and Fife going back at it, back and forth, complimenting each other well. And you don't get a lot of that on this album. Some of this, it really, the cohesion is just not there. And it points towards two guys who are really, really good friends, probably the best of friends who weren't fucking with each other that much at that time. And you can kind of hear it. Like there's times where they're really good together. And then there's times when there's Tip who on this particular album has four tracks by himself. Actually, there's five tip solo tracks on here. So really, it's him with no fife on it. Get a hold, crew, keeping it moving, separate together, and what really goes on. And then if you want to count stressed out because there's no fife on this as well, then there's another one where basically you're looking at almost more than half the album has no fife on this. And it's a tip. And then you have Consequence, who, <laughs> don't get me wrong, I think Consequence is, is, you know, dope. You know what I'm saying? I think with him alone and being in other people's projects and hearing him, he's he's okay. But to be inserted into a Tribe Called Quest album like this, man, like, yo, Tribe deserved better and he deserved better too. And Tip should have known better than that to bring his cousin on and Knowing that Fife wasn't there, y'all wasn't fucking with each other, and you bring your cousin into this, like, come on, bro. Like, it, it's, for the most part, Consequence serves as a good guest on some of these tracks, but then some of them, it's just like, yo, all right, yo, is he gonna go at some point in time? No. He's here for the long haul. He's here all night, ladies and gentlemen. All night. So. But those are my highlights and lowlights, man. Just, like, again, it's... Some things, like there's just something missing and that cohesion is missing here. 
I think that you have some really bright spots between two to track 11, but then one and 12 through 15, it's like, uh, I don't know. Like, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? So now we're going to get into my notable quotable. And I really kind of struggled over this because I had a couple that I was actually thinking about, but um, I actually wanted to go towards uh, Q-Tip's verse on the hop. I told y'all it's one of my favorite songs and beats on here. This is his first verse from the hop inside the ghetto or in the sunny meadow. I'm going to make you move whether woman or fellow. Yo, I got the medals in the war for world field of respect. Like an ill porno, make your body get wet. Just a ghetto child trying to live the straight and narrow, hoping that my shit will pierce your dome like an arrow. I'm sure it will, especially if it's God's will. MCs, get ready to die, because I'm going to kill all your negative feelings standing on two feet while I make the hotties move to the hip-hop beep. You know what's really killer, realer than you can imagine, using every source of pain in my range to make it happen. If I make it happen, that means I'm making motion, and I'm doing my thing, calling an ill commotion. Everybody do the hop nigga suit like lotion. If I lay up in the peace like an idcock notion, you got to do the hop you move to the beach you don't stop now everybody here you do the hop i mean <laughs> that's an ill verse man that to me is probably my favorite verse from q-tip on this album especially the words you know it's the <laughs> just a ghetto child trying to live the straight and narrow hoping that my shit appears you don't like an arrow those are the tip lines i want to hear like seriously those are the tip lines that I want to hear. But then to go further into my notable quotable, there's this Fife verse on here as well. You see, you your career is done like Johnny Carson's. Get me vexed, I do like left, I start Austin. Then I got that out of my system. Watch me stab up the track as if my name was OJ Simpson. I packed it in like Van Halen. I work for my, you just freeloading like Kato Kalen. I represent it with my crew. Mess around, bite my rhymes, I beat that ass with my shoe. Come on, you know I'm crazy nice. Brothers can't deal with the shorty named Fife. You must be mad in the head. I bust his ass and leave him blood clot for dead. <laughs> Niggas sound like Daz effects. And if it ain't Daz effects and then they sounded like meth, you might as well do mega death. You bunk on seeds, better save your freaking breath. Use a corny motherfucker. You must be high smoking dust of Chris Tucker. Your ass don't want this. I pay more beeps than other beeps than the premier Pocahontas. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's Fife dog, man. This is one of the few tracks that I think that him and, Ty, him and Tip were really in sync and you get sort of what you want out of a tribe called Quest. Beat, lyrics, I mean, subject matter, it hits all of the points on there. This to me, I it really, I go back, like I said, back and forth between this and The Pressure. Those two songs, I think, really were, I think Tip and Fife really were in sync with each other. And that sort of points to the potential of what this album has and what it could be if it had just been consistent like that over 15 tracks instead of just possibly only nine, but nonetheless. So as I mentioned before, this album was certified platinum, debuted at number one, their first album to go number one. It was certified platinum in October of 1998, which was a month after their last album, the love movement, which came out also in September of 1998. It was, uh, one of their most successful commercial albums. But when it came to the reviews for this, well, it got pretty decent reviews. The source gave it four mics. Spin gave it seven out of 10. 
Um, Robert Christigal himself gave it three uh, three star honorable mention guide in the Village Voice, which he's a very very tough critic. And it was nominated for a couple of Grammys, one for Best Rap Album, and once again, it was nominated for Best Rap Performance by a Duo or Group at the Grammys in 97. But everyone who reviewed this album could note that something was missing. <laughs> we expect big things out of Tribe. And listening to it this past week, I can't help but think when you get to that stretch between 2 to 11, it's like, this really had the potential to go somewhere and be something special, but it was just something missing. You know, it's like your mother makes a dish, that dish, whatever that dish is, you insert whatever your mother's favorite dish is and you try to make it or, you know, your husband tries to make it or your wife tries to make it or your girlfriend or your boyfriend tries to make it and something's missing because they don't have what your mom has. And some people say it's ingredients that you can actually measure out. Some people say it's passion or love, but <laughs> whatever it is, something's usually missing. And so I think that's pretty much what you have here. So now my final verdict, after I say this, this is a really dope album. I think that this had some potential and considering all the obstacles that were going on, I'm actually surprised that this album did as well as it possibly did. But to me, when I talk about whether I think it's a certified classic, borderline classic, classic just in its time, or not a classic at all, and whether I feel about it 7 through 10, to me, I got to say it's not a classic. I, I think as hard as it is for me to say that, not even say that it's just a classic in its time, because I don't think it was this was necessarily considered to be a classic even back in 96. I just think it was a really dope album that had some missteps that could have been classic, but it wasn't. So my verdict is not a classic, but I do think it's a dope album. I think that for in the industry standards, this is a really dope album, but in tribe standards, this is just an opportunity that was missed. And was it just the time period in between Midnight Marauders and this joint with everybody sort of doing their own thing and then them coming back and, you know, listening to the doc, the interviews and documentaries and knowing that everyone, you know, tips a little bit of a control freak, especially when it comes to the direction of the album. Was that really part of the nail of the coffin that was just tapped in on this joint? And by the time the love movement came around, the coffin was nailed shut just about no pun intended whatsoever. And it's such a shame for those of us who love tribe and who are tribe fans, because now of course we all know that, you know, Malik Taylor, Fife dog passed away in March of 2016. And we got one last tribe album after the love movement, which was the, we got it from here. Thank you for your service, which by most reviews was a great album for tribe to go out on and exceptional that folks loved and saw that they were able to get together to make one more album. Now where that stands in the grand scheme of things, who knows, but I think we were all delighted to be able to see that. I think we all wish that tribe could have gone out on a better note if they would have been able to stay together and continue the cohesion because when they were on and they were together, there weren't many groups in hip hop that could replicate what they were doing quality wise but 
nonetheless. So that's my verdict. Not a classic. I think it's a dope album, but it, it definitely is not a classic. I think the four mic rating in the source is just about spot on. But yeah, I mean, I think though there are some tracks on here that are definitely some of my tribe favorites and can definitely pump in your system parts of them. And you can definitely jam like the way that you jam the tribe records. So beats rhymes in life by a tribe called quest. Y'all turning 25 this week, you know, please make sure y'all go ahead and uh, check it out and yeah, listen to it wherever you can get music and uh, just sort of, you know, let us know what you think about it. Hit us up on social media, whether you think we got it right or wrong or what the feelings you have about beats rhymes in life by a tribe called quest. And that's going to wrap up yet another edition of the vault. Please make sure you are checking us out on our new host on red circle. You can also download, stream, and subscribe to the Vault Classic Music Reviews on any one of our streaming sources. If you go to the link in our bio on any one of our social media pages, you'll see our link tree. There you'll get to any one of our social media pages as well as all of our streaming sources. You can always visit the Vault and follow us on at Vault CMR Podcast on IG, at Vault Classic on Twitter, and also visit the Vault Classic Music Reviews Podcast on Facebook and YouTube. Like the Facebook page, subscribe to the YouTube channel, interact with us on social media. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know that you're out there listening. We do it here all for you. We appreciate the support. And if you have a friend, tell a friend and make sure that that friend tells a friend. Always remember to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we'd like to remind everyone to dream big because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate and elevate. Because you were never destined or created to stay stationary in this life. And on that note, we say peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and follow us on Facebook at IV Creative and Instagram at IVECRE8.